All right. So nice to see you guys. I will have to say, I'm really going to miss you guys. I am. You know what's really amazing is I always think I'm going to really, really like my breaks when I get them. And then all of a sudden I get them and then I'm thinking, well, now it's boring. Now what? What am I going to do with myself? So anyway, I want to really uh, thank everybody who did give to um, Speed of Light and who's given to CYM, too, this past year. The reason why we can do anything up here, um, you know, things cost a lot of money. I mean, it's ridiculous what things cost. So anytime we have something, we try to be as generous as we can possibly be with you guys and give to you and uh, pass along to you. But obviously the ministry is supported by you guys. And to give to over $5,000 to Speed the Light is amazing. I mean, that's amazing. We are in the state of Illinois last year. We gave 4700 and we were number 12 in the uh, state for giving, which is quite amazing when you think of that, all the churches. So on this year, we're going to definitely best that. Hopefully next year we can best it again. But um, we really do appreciate everybody that give. And, you know, the thing is, you, we are still going to try to get them back to, herd back to Peru. So you've got Christmas. Uh, we have extra Speed the Light cards. If you guys have never collected, if you want to ask for a card, if you want to ask, it's $3 a gallon of gas for a missionary. If you guys are going to be around somebody, if you have a family you're going to run into that you've never run into before and you're like, hey, this is good, and take advantage of this, take advantage of the situation, do it, and uh, raise some money. Obviously, it's not going to kill Everything for Speed the Light doesn't stay here. We ship it off to missionaries. So um, we appreciate anything that you give to. So tonight talking about looking back and looking forward. And uh, I was thinking about the fact that we're going to have these two weeks off. So, you know, next week, obviously, we're going to be celebrating Christmas. And then the week after that, obviously, we close the year 2008 and we welcome the year 2009. And both of these times really have a lot to do with a very simple little word that can have a great effect on our lives. And that word is hope. A lot of the world doesn't have any hope. And if you look at Christmas, obviously Christmas is the celebration of hope for all mankind. Obviously Jesus came, and he came to this earth, we know, as a little baby. But he came also to save mankind and save us from our sins. And then there's the new year, which obviously brings us hope. You know, we always look forward to the new year, don't you? I mean, it kind of gives us hope that things might be better for us and for those people that we love and and that we're concerned about. We always hope that the new year is going to be even better than the last year was. And sometimes the last year ain't so hot, so we're really looking forward to the new year. And both of these events are really things that we should really reflect on. And when you look at what reflect means, it means to fix your thoughts on something and to give careful consideration to. So when we stop and think about those two things, it has a lot more meaning than we realize. If you look back to what Christmas truly is, which is, like I say, obviously Christ's mass, mass is celebration. So Christ's celebration, it's a celebration of his birth. We know that he's not just still this helpless babe that was born in this manger, even though that's what the world always talks about and says. You know, at Christmas time, all they talk about is like, you know, away in the manger, and we talk about Jesus as a little baby. But obviously, we know... God's truth is he's no longer a baby. He grew up. He grew up and, uh, you know, he became the king of kings and the Lord of lords that died for each one of us and died on the cross, really a horrible death. So when we stop and think about his birth, it's great to celebrate, but we have to remember Jesus grew up. 
He became a man and he died for us. So don't just think of baby Jesus. Um, I was laughing this week. I thought it was kind of weird, but funny. Uh, Cameron happened to watch uh, on T T and D or one of those shows, Talladega Nights, and that Ricky Bobby, all he did was talk about how baby Jesus, you know, everything was baby Jesus. And I thought, well, you know, that's really how a lot of people around Christmas time like to think about Jesus because I really think because he's manageable. You know, we think that we can manage Jesus somehow. And the truth is, when he grows up, he manages us. <laughs> we, we don't manage him at all. So we have to remember this. You know, like I said, he's the king of kings. He died on the cross for each one of us so that we can have everlasting life. And when he comes back for his faithful followers, faithful ones that he loves, which is basically what they call our blessed hope, hope again, we need to reflect on that truth. We need to fix our thoughts on it. You know, we need to really reflect, look back on, fix our thought on that and give careful consideration to the fact that all that he did for us and what he does and continues to do for us still today. You know, one thing about New Year's is, man, I love New Year's. How many of you guys love New Year's? The part, this, the idea of New Year's. I don't know what it is about it. I think it's just the fact that you're kind of ending a year, but yet, you know, looking back on it and kind of seeing where you were and who you were then at the beginning and where you are now. And, you know, you have this looking forward to another year and, you know, you kind of fix your thoughts on everything that happened and you should give careful consideration to all that's really set before us in the future. You know, if you, look, if you think about New Year's, I love the celebration. I love the song. I love Old Lang, old Zion. I love it. I think it's really an interesting time because even though there's a lot of sadness, I think of the song, the, the song is kind of a tearjerker, sad kind of thing, but yet it's joyful, but yet it makes you reflect. I think that's what New Year's is all about. It's this sadness, but yet still this joy. You know, we can't go back. We can't go back and change things, the things that happened to us in the past, this past year. But um, we can look forward to the new things. We can look forward to what is going to be before us. How many of you guys really celebrate New Year's big time? How many of you guys just go to bed and it's just another night? Some of you do. Um, I can't say I'm a real party animal, you know, so I usually stay up past 12, 30, 1 o'clock every night anyway, but, you know, Sometimes on New Year's, I don't know why, I go to bed early. I don't, it doesn't make sense. Every other time I stay up late. But you know what? On December 31st, obviously, 11.59 p.m., over 1 billion people across the world are going to watch as the ball drops in New York City, Times Square again. You know, people love to watch this event take place. They love to watch this ball come down. And when it hits the bottom, it's like 2009. We know it's exciting, you know? I looked in the history of that a little bit. It's kind of an interesting thing, because I used to do this. This ball would drop, and it would signify uh, times. And, and um, it was more of an, in the uh, Navy. People would look, because there was this ball that would drop on this flagpole, and people would be able to look at the time, is what they said. So they kind of like took this into the new year. And when the first uh, New York City, when, when they did the uh, Times Square thing, the first ball that was dropped was made of iron and wood, and it was covered with just 125-watt bulbs. Isn't that amazing? That was like in 1907. It was five foot in diameter, weighed over 700 pounds. And from that day on, it dropped. the ball has dropped every single year, except during World War II in 1942 and 1943, 
because of the war, they had um, in New York City, they had what you call a dim outs, where they didn't allow as much electricity to be used because of the war effort and the things that were going on. So what they did in them years is they had the crowd still gather. And I think this would be really um, an amazing thing to have been taken apart in. They didn't have all the lights and the things, but they just had a moment of silence probably for all the people who were losing their lives and uh, the war. And then they were followed by chimes that rang from Times Square at the time. So, you know, there's this really thoughtful thinking of life and what it all means at that time. Now, over the years, there's been five different designs. In 1920, a 400-pound ball made entirely of wrought iron replaced the original. Then, in 1955, the iron ball was replaced with an aluminum ball weighing just a mere 200 pounds. And this aluminum ball remained unchanged until the 1980s, if you can imagine, when red bulbs and the addition of a green stem converted the ball into an apple for the I Love New York marketing campaign, which ran from 81 to 88. After seven years of doing that, <clears throat> then the glowing white ball with the white bulbs without the green stem returned to just celebrate the whole season. So then for Times Square 2000, we all know the millennium, right? Christians were cowering in their basements, stocking up on food, thinking that the world was ending. They're all scared to death instead of just trusting in Jesus that he's actually going to take care of things. Um, and for Times Square 2000, the millennium celebration at the crossroads of the world, the New York's Eve ball was completely redesigned. I'm sure you guys have heard it before. It has Waterford Crystal. We've talked about that. We've seen it, I'm sure. The new crystal ball combined the latest in technology with the most traditional materials to remind us of our past as we gaze into the future and the beginning of a new millennium. And this year, there's a new 2008 ball, which is a 12-foot geodesic square, sphere, 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 <laughs> not square, sphere. It would be a hard, weird ball if it was square. Um, double the size of previous balls. It weighs over 11,875 pounds. Yes. Amazing. It's covered in 2,668 Waterford crystals and powered by 32,256 Philips Luxian Rebel LDS uh, bulbs. Pretty amazing when you think that they had 125-watt bulbs at the beginning. And now they have this. The new balls are capable of creating a palette of more than 16 million vibrant colors and billions of patterns producing a spectacular kaleidoscope effect atop one Times Square. All of this really just to celebrate a past year and welcome a new one. I mean, it's amazing what effort and time and energy we put in to celebrate something. When we throw a party, we put tons of energy and focusing on it. You know, we get the food, we get the people, we get the, all this different stuff. We do all of this a lot of times when we celebrate, pass one year to the next. But a lot of times we don't think about the things that really truly matter, which is our life. Where were we? Where are we going? What are we doing? So like I say, we love to celebrate the idea of a new year. You know, life can be extremely difficult. I'm sure out there, every single person that's here has had something in their past this year that was really very difficult, extremely difficult. And uh, life is tough. None of us are promised it's going to be simple and easy and no problems. And, you know, the thing is we hope every single end of the year that this next year is going to be different. We all, at that moment, we sit there and think, please let the next year be filled with health, happiness, joy, and be much, much better than the last year. So what is it that you're going to be looking back on on the last day of 2008? 
around 1159, what are you going to be thinking about? What are you going to be looking forward to in the year 2009? You know, think about these things. Think about them. Think about right now. What is it that you're going to be celebrating? What are these things that you're going to be really thinking about that you're really happy is over? If you can't answer that question, you better be thinking about it because it really is important to spend some time reflecting on who you are and what your life is and what it means. I mean, by the time you get to here at this age, it's a time to really start to mature and grow. And it's not just about being, you know, a little kid anymore. It's about thinking about where your life is headed and what you're going to do with your life. You know, hope in itself is throughout the Bible. We see it all the time. Constant things are talking about hope. And hope is essential just in mankind. Hope is essential for survival. You know, if you look at um, that, I mean, you know, it's, it's no different than like water is to a fish. You need to have that. You know, electricity that, you know, to make a bulb work. Hope is like that in a Christian's life, a believer. If you don't have hope, you're not going to be able to go on. It's the only thing that gets us through sometimes. Sometimes, honestly, everything falls apart, and the only thing you can do sometimes at that moment is just have hope that God's going to make it and change it and turn it around. Psalm 119.49 says, Remember your word to your servant, for you have given me hope. You have to remember the fact that God's word constantly, over and over again, tells us to have hope in him, trust in him. And he doesn't say life is going to be simple and easy. He doesn't say that you're going to be insulated, that you're going to be bubble-wrapped, and that things are going to be great. He basically just says, hold on tight and hold on to me, and you're going to get through it. You know, all of us are going to suffer from moments of discouragement, despair, doom, defeat, disheartenment. It happens. That's what life is. But a person who truly truly trusts in Jesus Christ, they have a hope that goes much, much deeper than just the surface, you know? It's something more they can hold on to. You know, all of us right now have no idea what's in store for us in 2009. Not one of us knows anything. We don't know even what's going to happen in the next minute. We just don't know. 2009 right now is nothing but a question mark to each one of us. But you have an opportunity to do something great with it if you'd like. The thing is, you know, there's a story. It says that um, our, experience, our experiences will always be limited to a certain degree, and we're only going to ever imagine what our lives are going to be like. And it's kind of like a man waiting to, wanting to see as far as he can, so what he does is he climbs a high mountain. And no matter how high he climbs the mountain, though, he can still only see just so far because he'll always be limited by his own eyesight and also the fact that the horizon is before him. You know, there's some things that we're just not going to know. We're just not going to have any idea. We're not going to know exactly what's going to take place. Some things are going to be really hard for you in the new year. I mean, it's bound to happen. There's going to be tough things. I'm sure if you were to look back now, looking back at what you knew now compared to December 31st, 2007, going into 2008, you'd be like, wow, if I knew it was going to be this tough, I don't know what I would have done. You know, or if I knew it was going to be so great, how awesome would it have been to celebrate a little bit more? We don't know. All we can do is hold on and enjoy the ride and trust. So looking back over this year, we can see some good things. And obviously, we can see some not-so-good things. And truthfully, we can expect some great things, good things, and also some very, very bad, not-so-good things. But you have to think about it. You have to reflect on it. You have to know your purpose. You have to get your purpose from the God that created us and the Jesus who died for us. us. That's what's going to give you hope.
That's what's going to make the difference. I really want you to understand in the new year, the one thing I'd really challenge you to do, you know, doing this youth ministry, it'll be seven years in the beginning of June, so six and a half years of doing this, I can say that, um, you know, you started out, people all the time always say there was 12. I actually think there was closer to eight people when we started that faithfully came and met in one little room. And over time, we'd tear out a wall and tear out another wall. And over time, with people supporting the youth, supporting the ministry, you know, things got changed and sound system was bought and things um, grew. All that stuff was amazing. But, you know, what good is it if it really doesn't lead you to an eternity with Jesus Christ? I mean, it's no point. It's no point. So what I really hope for you all in the year 2009 I don't care if you're a first-time visitor, you've never been here before, if you've been here and back and you come and then you don't, whatever it is, if you're a faithful servant or if you're a leader, I really just pray that 2009 is for each one of us just a time that we really grow closer to God. I really truly believe with all my heart God's promises. God's promises says that he's coming back for his faithful followers. It is the blessed hope if we truly believe that when we should live a life like that. We should care and be concerned about those things. And obviously what we need to be concerned with, what I wish for each one of you is the fact that you would really, truly receive his presence in your life. If you don't know him, I don't care if you don't talk to me. I talked to somebody not too long ago when we were at the Bible study, and they said that what they did simply was when they went home on their own, just in the quiet of their own bedroom, just to say, God, you know, show me that you're real, and you know, I, I want to follow you. And that's all that God, all it takes. God is so simple. It's childlike faith. All he asks is that you put your life in his hands and just trust him and follow him and truly seek after him and follow his commands. That's what he wants. So I really pray that each one of you would receive his presence in your lives. I really pray that you don't spend 2009 mediocre or just blasé about your faith because time is short. We don't know what 2009 is. We don't have a clue. What if Jesus comes back in 2009? You know, at that moment, we don't get a second chance. The other thing is I really, really pray and hope that you become people of prayer, that you'll actually speak to God on a daily basis, that it isn't some sort of like holier-than-thou, oh, God, art thou so wonderful. You don't have to do that. Just completely talk to him like he's your everyday friend. That's all you have to do. You know, when you're afraid, God, help me. You know, when, when things are, are going good, thank you, God. Just speak to him. That's what I hope for you. I also pray and hope that each one of you would start to understand that praise and worship is very important in your faith. I'm going to tell you, you will not grow unless you start praising God. And I'm not saying you have to be all raising your hand and doing all this, but you know what I'll tell you? I challenge you to be a little bit more visible. Because you know what? There's a lot of times in people's lives they spend a whole lot of time jumping and running for a sport or being very animated when it comes to something else. But when it comes to God, they don't move. I don't have embarrassment or what? This is the God that created you, the God that created the heavens and the earth. We should deserve to give him a little bit of glory and a little bit of worship, if you ask me. So I challenge you to praise him in the new year. I challenge you to actually, like, really speak words of praise. You know, I don't care if there's nobody around great on your way to work on your way to school just thank you god thank you god that's all it takes but you should be p people of praise and then you know what i really really pray that you're going to be people that plod on <laughs> continue on don't grow weary don't give up because life is a challenge in 2008 for me 
was a very big challenge. It's not over yet. And the thing is, you know what? All you can do sometimes is just continue to keep on and plot on and make it. That's what I hope for each one of you. Because you know what? Persistence, persistence will make you win. If you just continually keep following after him and don't give up, what does God's word says? Don't faint, don't grow weary, and you're going to make it. That's what we're supposed to do. This next year in 2009, we're going to be doing some, a lot of new big things. So I really challenge you to come back. You know what? Not for us. It's for you. I want you to understand. You know what? Do I love to see you? I love to see you. But you know what? The thing is, CYM doesn't exist for me just to see it. CYM exists so that you guys grow in your faith and mature and grow and reach your friends and your family for Jesus. That's what it's all about. Uh, 2 Peter 3, 13 and 14 says, But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. See, the thing is, Christianity for years has been very, very, you can do whatever you want. You just have to go to church, and that's supposed to be Christianity. Said that won't work. It never worked for God. It just became rules of man. That's not what God desires for each one of us. God wants us to make it extremely personal, to speak to him. That was the whole message of Jesus coming. And the old covenant was very separate. You know, things were very, very separate from God. And only the priests got to go into the Holy of Holies. And, and only certain people on certain days got to do this. But when Jesus died on the cross for your sins, that's when it says the veil tore. The reason why the veil tore is because there is welcoming into his presence, God's presence, by Jesus Christ dying for you. So all you have to do is simply cry out his name, Jesus, and you have the opportunity to reach God in heaven. You know, there, it's so easy. It's so easy that it becomes difficult for man. And it just confounds them. They, they don't understand it. It can't be so simple. But God says, yes, it is. It's simple as a child can understand it, and that's what he wants us to do. Just understand it. But I'm going to tell you another thing that I really want you to understand in 2009. I challenge you to reach your friends and family and neighbors because, really, this is our job. If we say and we claim that we're Christians, if we say that we're believers, then it is up to us to share the message of Christ with others. It's not for us just to keep it and be satisfied and, like I said, be bubble-wrapped and sitting on the pew and taking everything in. It's up to us to give it to other people, to feed them and to tell them the truth and then lead them to heaven. So I really just want to challenge you to grow in your faith. I want 2009 to be an amazing year for you. I pray that you guys all get your little heart's desires, everything that you wish and desire for your life, I pray you get it. But I don't want you to get it if it leads you away from God. I'd rather you have trials. I'd rather you have struggles. I'd rather you go through pain, truthfully, if it leads you closer to him. Because that's ultimately what really matters. That's why when uh, Emma will be up here uh, singing songs sometime with worship, it is... Bring the pain, bring the rain, bring the trials. Because in the long run, what it does is it just drives us into his presence and we feel him and we understand that he's real. And in the long run, that's what gives us hope to survive and make it and the next day. And then we have all these opportunities because we've gone through these trials that when somebody else around us that we love goes through it, we can sit there and say, you know what, I, you can do it. You can get through it because I got through it. And this is how I did it. 
So anyway, I just like to pray for you. I want to challenge you. I want to sometimes kick you in the butt. <laughs> I just really want you to grow. And uh, I really pray that in 2009, on December 31st, when you look back, I really, really pray that you can look back on this next year and really think that was an amazing year that I grew in God. That was a year that I really, really grew up and matured in my faith. That's what I really pray for each one of you, okay? Well, Lord, I just thank you for this night. I just thank you, Father, that you have done amazing things in 2008, Lord, and I know that you're not done, that you've got many, many plans for the year 2009, Lord. I don't know what it is. I don't know how much pain, how much struggle and, and trials are going to be. But, Lord, I also pray, Father, that you would just help us through everything, everything, Lord, um, good and bad, Lord, that it would lead us closer to you. I just pray that we'd feel your presence. I just pray for each family that's represented here, Lord, that you would just help them, Lord, in their financial needs, their struggles, um, family issues, anything that's going on, Lord, personal problems, I just pray that you'd help them. Lord, I just pray that there'd be a healing upon their lives, Lord, in their emotions and also in their bodies. And I just thank you, Father, for everything that you're going to do, Lord. We just trust in you, and we just pray, Father, that you just continue just to uh, bring more and more people into CYM, Lord, so we can speak your word and tell people your truth. We just thank you for everything that you are going to do, Lord, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>